0: Do you know what Nemesis means?
1: Hello and welcome to Direct, the podcast that takes a direct trajectory through a director's filmography. I'm Eric. I'm Levi. This week, we announce our new director, and you probably already know who it is because you looked at the title of the episode, but... We are going to explain how we got there. So we had three directors, three great Mexican directors, Mexican-born Mexican, Amer- Mexican born directors. They're not Mexican-American. They're Mexican-Mexican. Uh, the, we had Alfonso Coron, We had Alejandro Gonzalez and And we had uh, Mr. Guillermo del Toro. So we posed it to you, the listeners, and we had a very, very close race. It was like just a handful of votes separated Last place from first place, so very, very close. And the winner, drum roll, Levi. <laughs> it's Guillermo del Toro. Hooray! Hooray! The nerdiest of those directors. <laughs> I know it's kind of funny because, like, we talked about getting away from genre directors. He's pretty. He's, he's pretty much a genre director.
0: Yeah, there's. I feel like the trajectory that you can see from Quentin Tarantino to Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Edgar Wright does kind of sit in the middle. He's yeah, nerdier than Quentin Tarantino. All three of them do a lot of their own projects with their own uh work below. That's my baby in the background by the way, everybody. <laughs> I'm now a dad. Baby um, in the background. <laughs> so that might he he might be making an appearance off and on throughout the season depending
1: on how hungry he is. Yeah. And like the Hulk, he's always hungry. So yeah, the just to put it out there, uh the difference between last place and first place in this voting was eight votes. Eight votes. It was there was two votes se- separating first place from second place. So I won't tell you who uh who lost out, but I do think that it is a marker that we should probably try to get Alfonso Coron and uh, Alejandro Gonzalez and Uritu back in a vote in the future because awesome directors and we had almost 100 votes just like we did last time so thank you listeners so much for voting making your voice heard it was a narrow but definitive victory for mr guillermo guillermo del toro now levi can you give us a sense of kind of your journey with uh, guillermo del toro up to this point which which of his movies have you seen can you remember like the first time you were aware of him as a director uh just how how did you meet mr mr del toro
0: uh I came in with to Guillermo del Toro. I mm-hmm. recognized who he was after I went and saw Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, and that was the point where I came out of that movie. It was such a stellar experience that uh it's one of those ones you go and you look it up, you wanna mm-hmm. know you didn't go in reading oh, the director's Guillermo del toro, and then after that, I've just kept track of him, yeah, so and I had seen Blade two and Hellboy before that. Um and then when I heard about the writing for Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim I was really excited to go into. And I'm looking forward to watching it again because yeah. it's a it's a guilty pleasure movie, I think. There's a lot of weak points to the movie, but it's giant robots and monsters just <laughs> duking it out. And so I, I love yeah. that he is he's playful. He's very much a nerd. If you listen to Go listen to his nerdist interview. It's uh-huh. fantastic. That's yeah. really his crowd, especially if you see him like at uh Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, he's got a good sense of humor, really enjoyable to listen to, and he's just kind of a giant dork doing uh whatever he <laughs> wants. But I'm excited to go back. Kronos, his first major film, has been on my to watch list for probably since I saw it, Pan's Labyrinth. I yeah. put that on there and just it's never been free to stream so i've never gone out of my
1: way to rent it but it's uh, actually on now's the youtube the whole movie's on youtube oh really yeah i was looking for the trailer and then it was like i don't know if it's subtitled or not because it said like complete uh, I, i'm sorry i can't i can't speak spanish but it's like complete as, it was it was in spanish uh complete as policula or something like that the complete so, film yeah. So uh it's on there. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it there, but I'll see if I could rent it on Amazon. Uh yeah, so let's go through the kind of filmography as we do on this um on this podcast. First his first movie is Chronos, second movie Mimic, third movie The Devil's Backbone, and I believe all three of those movies are in are Spanish language films. Yeah, I haven't so, seen any of those three. Yeah. So I'm excited um, to kind of start there and see where he got his beginning. Yeah, where he got to start. It's really cool. I mean, Cronus 1993, Mimic 1997, uh, Devil's Backbone 2001, and then he really hits American cinema with Blade 2, and I think that was the first Guillermo del Toro movie that I saw, but I didn't well, didn't associate it with Guillermo del Toro <laughs> at the time. Um, Blade 2, then Hellboy. Which was which made another splash, but then Pan's Labyrinth, which is another Spanish language movie, but that one is really, I think, like you said, when he broke onto the scene and he became a little bit of a household name amongst movie geeks, uh, nominated for an Academy Award for best screenplay uh, for that movie, and it was kind of like the it was, it was kind of like the Oscar darling movie that year. Um, got a lot of got a lot of talk. Came out of Pan's Labyrinth with the Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. I love that movie. I'm really? really excited to the watch again. The second one's a big... Yes. Interesting. Have you seen it?
0: Yeah. Hey, I've seen the second one. I The Hellboys are hit and miss in uh-huh. terms of there are moments in them I really enjoy. There are moments that are totally goofy. Uh, the opening of Hellboy 2 is absolutely one of my favorite uh, efforts where you tell a story within the movie mm-hmm. through a alternate... Medium, kind of like Uh when they tell the Deathly Deathly Hollows story in Harry Potter, they do that at the beginning of the Golden Army, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's one of the those moments that stick with me from that movie. I don't really remember the rest of the movie, but uh...
1: yeah, well, the thing that I remember vividly is that there's a giant elemental in that movie. And as a as just a standard nerd, I love, like, the idea of elementals. You know, the, the, they're drawn in small form on magic cards every once in a while. <laughs> but it's just, like, this amazing earth elemental that has, like, plants growing out of it. And it, it's an awesome, like, terrifying, beautiful, gigantic elemental, which is just, just amazing. I, I really like that. Um, So we go out of of Hellboy 2 into Pacific Rim, which we mentioned. Uh, I actually have, I was podcasting a different podcast when Pacific Rim came out. I'm going to see if I could dig up my review, because I did a review on it. Uh, I really liked that movie when it came out. Uh, I I don't know, (laughs) I'll see how it holds up on the second viewing, but I was really stoked about it. Um, And I was comparing it to Star Wars, like A New Hope. Uh, as in terms of the feeling that I got walking out of the f- cinema,
0: it definitely sets up its own universe really yeah. nicely. I think yeah. Guillermo del Toro's greatest strength is the basis of these stories, kind of the fairy tale version of what the movie becomes. Uh huh. I think you see that with Pan's Labyrinth, especially. There's just he kind of drip feeds you the the pieces about the. The universe but it there's so much room to grow and i think pacific rim yeah. absolutely hands down does a magnificent job of <laughs> you want to know what happened to i don't know if you're like me when you find out that there was a jaeger station in seattle that was destroyed i want to see that fight <laughs> i want to know the story behind because the pacific northwest is you yeah. know kind of equidistant from the riff you know uh-huh. and they're based out of alaska so what is you know, we come from that navy town. That probably was the storage <laughs> sleeper for that Jaeger, it's totally and it's totally true. He doesn't say anything about that, but my mind can race to those places because he built yeah. such a good little n- nugget to kind of branch out from. So, and that's kind of what I look forward to with all of these, especially from the uh, modest stuff I've read about Chronos. I think that there's, uh-huh. I think we'll see that fairy
1: tale. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a piece of a much larger story for all yeah, these films. I'm remembering in, I think it's in Hellboy 2, there's the Tooth Fairies, but yes. they're like little tiny... <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> like, they
0: eat bone, and it's calcium
1: yeah. is like their big thing. And they make the noise of a drill, like a dentist drill, so they're like, <laughs> <zzzz>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Um, I'm excited to see Pacific Rim again, see how much it holds up. I mean, the main thing with me with Pacific Rim was that the, I feel like the acting was pretty awful. But uh, we'll see how it holds up. I'm That's interested. why
0: Ron Perlman was in there to save the day. My yeah. favorite, my other del Toro-ism that I'm looking forward to is a lot of Ron Perlman. He's I one know. of my favorite cheeky actors. He's such a goofball, and he just leans <laughs> into it. And I've loved him ever since I was a kid, and I saw the, uh, the fourth Aliens movie. He plays such an <laughs> asshole.
1: <laughs> um, which, what is that one called? That's the alien resurrection resurrection very cool yeah i know if we ever do david fincher in the future i'm really excited about that because he actually his first directorial effort was alien three so (laughs) i just think it's amazing like you know to see where these directors come from um so and then we'll finish it off with crimson peak which came out last year and it's his horror uh horror ghost house story thing which i'm really really excited about it as well because it seems to me yeah i have not catch I it see, one in
0: the theater but yeah neither did tom I. hiddleston has been doing such a fantastic job lately and i'm
1: well jessica chastain's in it yeah there's a it's got a great cast um and that it seems to me like it's more reminiscent of his earlier films and so i think it'll be really interesting to see that as a bookend. Uh, see his, his, uh, Spanish language movies at the beginning of his career and then ending it with Crimson Peak, which I think is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the run. We're going to go through all those movies. It's going to be an interesting month here. Uh, it's going to be basically three movies that I've never seen. And then Blade 2 starting (laughs) off. We got Chronos, Mimic, The Devil's Backbone, and Blade 2 for the first month. The second month is Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy 2, and Pacific Rim, and then we'll we'll cap it off with Crimson Peak. I'm really excited about this run, man. This is a good This is layout. gonna be really interesting. Well, it's also this is the first director that we're doing that I have not seen all of his films. So I think it'll be really interesting to see these movies for the first time and get kind of a first take on them. Which and then and then see how those early movies that those a little bit more obscure films, how they translate into his later visions as he as he moves along. And the cool thing about Blade 2 as well is that it's it's a Marvel movie before the Marvel movies really hit. Like, I think Blade came out right before X-Men, which was kind of the first one that kicked it off. And then Spider-Man really blew up kind of the Marvel's, you know, uh, on-screen movies. And then, you know, later on, of course, with Iron Man, when when Marvel got into the game by itself apart from Sony and Fox. Um, But yeah, Blade 2 was was like one of the first Marvel movies. It's a Marvel superhero movie. It's a Marvel comic book, Blade. Uh, And... (laughs) Oh, I can't wait till we watch that movie. I want to have the discussion of whether or not we think Blade should join the Avengers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did they... uh, Who owns the rights to Blade? Is it Marvel's property?
1: I think it's probably reverted back to Marvel. Um, I know that Wesley Snipes was... Like campaigning for a new Blade film, uh, Wesley
0: Snipes needs money, and I bet he yeah. pays his
1: taxes on it this time. <laughs> um, yeah, he he. So yeah, the Marvel has the rights back. Back they have the rights to Blade, Punisher, Ghost Rider, Daredevil, and Elektra. Um, so all of those reverted back, and we've seen the Daredevil series uh on netflix uh produced by marvel and Elektra and punisher are going to be in that series uh in the second season coming up very soon so um so yeah they own blade man i think it'd be cool if they put blade like in hell's kitchen and brought him back in one of those tv shows um i don't know i'm, I'm excited to have that conversation um what else we got here oh well if we're going to talk about guillermo del toro he, of course he's made awesome movies but he's also the king of not making movies.
0: So <laughs> Oh, that's right. Cuz he has yeah. uh uh what's the HP Lovecraft? And this is something yeah. that we're going to we should delve into off and on will be the HP Lovecraft influences. He yeah. apparently has a statue of HP Lovecraft in his house. <laughs> like there's a creepy big stone statue of him in like his uh a
1: greenhouse or something yeah if there's a great video online of him giving a tour of his house it is awesome his house looks like it looks like disneyland like built his house for him like it's like <laughs> it's all movie props and like it's it's amazing i i really recommend i'll I'll try to put some of these in the in the show notes some links to this stuff like uh his the link to the nerdist interview and the link to uh the video of his of his house and everything it's, it's just really cool Um, he's a cool guy because it seems like you could just go up and have a conversation with him. He doesn't, he doesn't seem, uh, very, you know, elevated or, or pompous. Like, I feel like anybody could walk up and then be like, Hey, you want to talk about H.P. Lovecraft? He'd be like, hell yeah, I do. I love H.P. Lovecraft. Um, but yeah, let's, he's got such a long list of movies that were announced that he was going to be a part of. And then he ended up not being a part of them. And the thing is, he gets a lot of flack for this, but I think that the reason why... I think that this happens all the time in Hollywood. I think that directors get attached to projects and then they get moved on and all of that. I just think that he kind of talks about these a little too much before they happen. And so it's a little more apparent with him just because of the visibility that he gives it. But I'm sure it's something that happens pretty often.
0: I think it's just his enthusiasm. And some of it might be cultural upbringing you know he's just more magnanimous especially about his work um mountains of madness that's the one i'm thinking of the H.P. lovecraft movie that he canned and one of the reasons i heard was because prometheus was basically the same story
1: yeah it's i don't know if that was the
0: actual reasoning but i thought that was a legitimate
1: well i i thought it was funny because if you read the quote that he gave about that he said that that prometheus is basically the same movie from what I hear. He had never seen Prometheus up to that point. So maybe some studio head was like, yeah, this is the same movie, so we're not going to make it. Which but is weird because
0: Hollywood does that all the time.
1: Yeah, I know. Same two movies back to back. Not to mention Mount of Madness would be set in like, you know, the 1920s, hopefully. Yeah, but it's the 1920s Arctic, which is just as much an alien planet. Yeah, but you know, they're wearing like, you know, gators and... Um, <laughs> and they have canvas backpacks and stuff. I think it would be different. Um and apparently Tom Cruise was attached to uh, at the Mountains of Madness as the lead. Uh and James Cameron was attached as a producer. Like it, this would have been his biggest movie, I think. Uh yeah, it's a real bummer. I would have loved to see that, man, cuz other than the thing and the uh I mean the thing isn't a direct HP Lovecraft movie but it's so Lovecrafty and it's crazy. Uh and <laughs> and then The Reanimator. Uh there hasn't really been a lot of Lovecraft on direct Lovecraft on screen. So it would be awesome to see that. Um but other movies that he was attached to Justice League Dark which I really wish that he would have made because it featured Swamp Thing, who's one of my favorite DC superheroes. Um Swamp Thing, Constantine, uh some other really cool
0: is this, the, this is the dark side of the DC universe, the opposite yeah. of kind of the justice. This is I guess the Suicide Squad is DC as well.
1: Yeah, it is. What's DC it's,
0: doing? They are so confused right now.
1: <laughs> they cannot get they their are, shit together. They're throwing it at the wall, man, and just seeing what sticks. We and- want
0: that Avengers money. <sighs>
1: They want I mean, it so bad. <laughs> they want it so bad, but I just don't know why they've hitched their hitched their whatever the term is to Zack Snyder, man. Like I'm sorry, but <laughs> uh I'm excited for Suicide Squad though. I'm super excited about that. So it was it was Swamp Thing, De- uh Constantine, Deadman, Zatana, uh and I think that was it. So that was like Justice League Dark, and it would have been really cool to see him do Swamp Thing, because I was talking about that plant elemental that he made and how much it would be like Swamp Thing is one of the coolest characters in the DC universe. He can manifest himself through any plant. So like he if there's like a plant on the other side of the world, he can like symbiote himself to the plant and then appear there. And there there's been like storylines in the dc universe where he latches on to the like uh phytoplankton or phyto whatever minutia, the little mold spores and stuff that we have in our bodies and he like explodes people open i feel like Guillermo del Toro would have just killed it i, I would have really liked to see that um well, Hellboy 3 time i know Hellboy 3 is another uh project that was announced that Ron Perlman's still trying to really rally the troops behind but it doesn't necessarily look like it's happening he's Unless gonna be I think an ron- old
0: hellboy in this instance
1: well he wears so much makeup i don't yeah, think it really true. matters the other thing that they could do and they did it in the first hellboy with that fish guy um is they could have somebody else play him and just have ron perlman <laughs> voice him i mean it, it wouldn't be that difficult uh you I mean with with the advances in cgi you could probably just cgi his face and put like a stunt double in the in the costume um i don't know that might that might be lame, but I, I feel like you could do that if you really wanted to. Uh, he was also attached to a Halo movie, Levi. What? Which? Yeah, the Halo movie is a myth at this point. I the Halo movie it. is yes. Uh, there was there was a at one stage he was attached to direct the Halo movie, and then Neil Blomkamp got attached to direct the Halo movie, and then it just died. And like Peter Jackson was going to produce it. Um yeah it was it says here he teamed up with game of thrones co-creator db weiss to craft an all-out war epic with master chief at the center uh i don't know man i don't know what that would have been like i'm interested to see what the video game um adaptations that are happening this year how those pan out because you have warcraft coming out you have assassin's creed coming out with michael fassbender like people are saying this might be the year that video game movies act- are actually good but I'll believe it when I see yeah.
0: it. Yeah, Warcraft looks like hot garbage and Assassin's Creed <laughs> is going to have the same <laughs> complaints that the Gods of Egypt. Why are there all these white people in the Middle East?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know when they're going to s- where they're going to set uh Assassin's Creed. I don't know if it's going to be during the crusades like the first game because the second and third game were set in Italy um and then of course there's the pirate one and the revolutionary war one and all that so
0: let's cite the rumor that guillermo del toro is in talks to direct the pirate assassin's creed movie (laughs) perfect let's see if we can get that going
1: um he was going to do a silent hills video game that got canceled that's right that was a big deal too because
0: he was supposed to be doing that with kojima
1: yeah and and norman reedus was attached to it as well i think like to be like the main character and the voice actor for it uh and did you play that demo pt no but i heard it, it was all the rage everybody was crazy about it i played it it was pretty creepy it's pretty pretty gosh darn creepy uh and then of course the hobbit is kind of his most uh, the hobbit is kind of his most uh visible Uh, directorial bow out. Apparently he got really far on The Hobbit, and then he just kind of stopped doing it. And then Peter Jackson stepped in and made it a trilogy. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why some people... I mean, like, if you listen to Jim and Aaron on Bald Move, they, like, hate The Hobbit movies. And I don't really understand why. I think that they're still pretty good movies. I like them. Um, They're probably kind of long, but... I feel like it's Peter Jackson just being like, all right, guys, you like Lord of the Rings. You're the guys who sit on the couch and watch the extended versions for 14 hours in one day. Like, here's just another delve into the world. Uh, and probably the best fantasy world ever manifested on on the silver screen. Like, the, like Peter Jackson nailed fantasy on, on... There's been so many failed fantasy projects, and, and Lord of the Rings just killed it like the everything is just so believable and wonderful and the world's so fleshed out so i just see the hobbit movies as like we get to return to that world and just bask in it for a little bit which i think is fun
0: i don't know if the hobbit would have been a great one for guillermo del toro but i mm-hmm. want to see him pick up and run with uh sh- some shorts from the silmarillion because Ooh. that is the you know the bible of the lord of the rings universe and are such great stories kind of contain they're all very short and they would be so up his alley that's what i want to see him direct i think the hobbit when he got out i think that was best for him certainly i because the hobbit turned i agree kind of jim and aaron it the bar is set so high after lord of the rings so it's Uh it suffers a little bit from that but they also just wandered really far from the source material. And well, yeah, you're turning I think when they got in, when they got into the, the weeds. Yeah. Cuz it seemed like the transition to a trilogy occurred when Del Toro left. Yeah. And I wonder if his iteration of the single movie versus the money 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 of uh <laughs> the studio may have mm. been in conflict. But he's he's never really left a project and burnt it to the ground. He's always been pretty amiable whenever he leaves a project. So it's hard to tell when he's leaving over creative differences versus Edgar Wright and Mm Ant-Man where everybody knew that that was a
1: clear conflict of taste. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, why do you think the Warcraft movie looks like hot garbage? I think it could be good. The acting looks miserable. Like I'll look
0: past that the CGI doesn't that they went to video gamey you know it, uh-huh. it feels surreal in a way yeah. that the lord of the rings does not well and you that's know, what things, Warcraft are too, does. things are too smooth yeah and i get you're adapting a video game but yeah. it's they're trotting over the uh a popular plot line of oh my god we've got to unite our races and save the world so that's not really interesting like for the scope of the warcraft universe that's the one they gotta pick um things are just (laughs) too shiny and like i said i think the acting looks miserable so Mm. i think it's gonna fall pretty flat and it'll continue the curse of
1: video games into movies i don't know it's directed by duncan jones which gives me a lot of hope for it because he's a guy who directed moon which is one of my favorite movies i mm. love moon um and i don't know blizzard has such a, a a signature style that i think if they didn't try to capture some of that signature style in the movie i think that the fans especially of the warcraft franchise in a wow would be like what the hell like these orcs don't look anything like the orcs in the video game so I feel like they're they're striking a nice balance because that CGI looks pretty dang realistic. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 going to definitely temper my criticism until I actually see the yeah. movie.
0: I'll definitely go see it, and that'll yeah. be my. Tr- but I am hesitant. You know, I I get enthusiastic about a lot of movies. Uh-huh. Um, this is one that I'm
1: just not like itching to go see. Yeah. Uh, another project that's not on this list is the Haunted Mansion movie that he was supposed to be doing with. Oh, Disney. Was Eddie but Murphy? No, it was no, it was uh, going to be a new Haunted Mansion movie, more in the theme of Pirates of the Caribbean, which is interesting because the Eddie Murphy one did come out after, after Pirates. Pirates. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Was...
0: we're going to reboot again in the vein of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Funny. Well, no, but. I, you know, that was, I think it was a diff, definitely like a different thing. Like Disney hadn't found the tone, so they, I feel like they were scattershotting. And then they hit that tone that they needed to hit with Pirates of the Caribbean. And then, yeah, Haunted Mansion kind of fell off after that. Um, but man, there was like so many movies that I wanted made because I love going to Disneyland. You and I have been to Disneyland together a couple times. Like, I, I just wanted to do like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and like, <laughs> the Matterhorn and you know space mountain like i feel like space mountain could be like an awesome sci-fi epic movie wasn't that movie. what tomorrowland was supposed to be i don't know i didn't see tomorrowland yeah i skipped but that but apparently one too. space mountain is in tomorrowland i don't i don't know um but yeah he was going to do that it was going to center around the hatbox ghost which was which is like this it's interesting kind of urban myth Inside Disneyland that there was this hat box ghost that was too scary, so they had to remove it from the ride, but like Walt Disney like personally wanted it in there. It was this ghost that had a hat box, and his head was in the hat box, so it was like a detached decapitated head, so yeah, that was and then of course Pacific Rim Two, which he was supposed to direct, which he's not directing, but Pacific Rim Two is going going to happen, so there you go that's that's the list of. <laughs> The canceled projects that we know of, <laughs> which I think might be longer than his list of films. You know, so, the
0: guys every day he's hustling. He is, yeah, on the move. He's constantly forward momentum. I hats off. I think it shows too in his work. I think the yeah. energy that's in all of these movies is. Under even the you know Blade Two, I don't recall being particularly you know didn't <laughs> people say it's the best Blade movie. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I have has been. I haven't seen it since yeah, Wesley Snipes been, went to pr- went to prison for tax evasion. So
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it since 2002, which is the year it came out. So I think it was like a knowledge bowl trip. We went and saw it. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah. So I'm really excited about this journey, dude. I'm excited to get on this get on this Guillermo del Toro horse and ride him off into the. That's, that sounds weird anyway nice we're shot. gonna write it we're gonna write <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna write him like ghost rider off into the sunset which is now a more marvel property and listener we want you to be a part of it so please go to the forums watch the movies with us every week listen to the podcast and give us your feedback forums.ballmove.com or direct at gmail.com we want to hear what you have to say And uh, we want to put it on the podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Levi, anything else? Next week, Kronos. Next week, Kronos. And until then, I'm Eric. I'm Levi. Cut.